Hi everyone, this is Ronnie with Everything Vive. I'm here at GDC 2019 and I got a chance to play a more recent build of Space Junkies this year here at Ubisoft's Play Center. Uh, and I'm getting a chance to talk with Adrian. Um, he is one of the developers on the game. I'll let him introduce himself. Uh, hi, Adrian. Uh, if you could just tell the folks out there what your role is on the on the team for Space Junkies. Yeah, hi, I'm Adrian Lacey. I'm based in the Ubisoft Montpellier studios and I'm the producer of Space Junkies. Okay, awesome. And I, yeah, just... Uh, you weren't there last year, but I did get a, a chance to check out the game at, at GDC 2018, yeah. and I was really impressed with the game back then. Um, I, I think at the time, I because it was I knew nothing about Space Junkies, and it was my first time playing the game, and I, for me, I just had such a blast playing it. It almost felt kind of like like playing like Halo or something like that multiplayer, cool. in, but in <laughs> VR, yeah. and and like everything good about those experiences. I love Halo. Um, it was being brought into VR, but in in a really like fun, uh, very like I felt like I had perfect control over what I was doing in the game, and everything felt like I had one to one, you know, I had one to one control of, of the weapons and everything. But at the same time, I had a lot of you know uh, really precise feedback in terms of moving around the maps, mm -hmm. and and so like a lot of the stuff that you're used to ha having in terms of uh, feedback in a traditional game. Um, you don't always get that in all VR games, but you, I, I felt that when I was playing Space oh, Junkies. Well, we'll all be happy. I think yeah. all the team are happy that you say that. I mean, I think that's one of the big challenges of VR uh, is the, all the same rules that you, you're used to having on a sort of a flat screen or whatever. In VR, it's different because it's stereoscopic. You've got, you're on a spherical battlefield. Yeah. Uh, you, you're using your hands. It's sort of uh, gestural. Uh, so it's, it's a whole different sort of dynamic. So even for us as developers, very early on, the things that we took for granted, like mini maps or or how you're going to lay out your 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 HUD, um, all that changed for us. So we were like, oh, that can't work in VR because you can't put things on one eye because you you know what I mean? It's stereoscopic, yeah. and it, and it was all these little things that we we slowly but surely just sort of tried to hit every every challenge one by one and yeah. try and make it still as accessible as a shooter that you might be used to playing. And yeah. that was the big thing for us. As a producer, I'm just kind of curious, when you guys initially set out to create what became Space Junkies, what were your first goals in terms of uh, what you wanted to accomplish in a VR title? Because it, obviously, uh, you guys have been working on this for a while. Um, it, w yeah, w what were your motivations kind of at the start? Um, so in the beginning, really, it was just trying to say, like, what is this thing? You know, what is VR? Um, yeah. You know, we had, in the early stages, we didn't have controllers yet. You know, we, we were using the Xbox controllers. And I think we were even using, at one point, we sort of plugged in some, like, Wii remotes and some Hydras and stuff. Like, you know, it was like, just, it was, it was just a bit, a bit kind of garage uh, sticky tape, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we were just trying to see, you know, what was cool. What we found very early on, though, which a lot of, I think a lot of people saw, was once you give people their hands uh, mm -hmm. and you have that sense of presence and full embodiment, mm -hmm. um, they became sort of pillars of what we wanted to do. So that's why you have, you know, you're not just floating hands in the head. Um, you're, you know, you have your full arms and you have uh, emotes because it's you now who can do the gestural sort of interactions. So you can do heart symbols, thumbs up, all the rest of it. Yeah. So then it became a, a very much a social experiment. Um, what we found is that then we started putting multiple players in the same that and just little things like nodding your head, waving at a guy, uh, messing around. We'd spend ages just yeah. messing around in an empty room. Yeah. Uh, we then threw a basketball in and then we, you know, <laughs> and we would just like throw out, people would just play catch against the wall or just like, it, and it was insane. So those were like the early sort of steps. 
Um, and, and just to stop for a second, it, the time frame on when you guys started it, because I know Ubisoft's released other VR titles. Yes. I'm just kind of curious, like, when you guys were starting development. Of three what... years ago. Yeah, we were about, about three years ago, we were, like, three people just, okay. like, just testing new things. And this is before you guys had released any other VR titles? Yeah, and well, like there that. was a couple teams. I think one of the teams in Montreal was working on Eagle Flight at the time. Okay. And I think uh, the guys at Redstone were working on Star Trek uh, okay. a, bit, a bit after. But we were still just prototyping. Yeah. We did, uh, we did a number of prototypes. What often happens is that different teams and different studios will, will try it if it's a new hardware or a new game or a new concept. They'll eat, everyone will go away and try their own thing, and then we come together, we talk about it, and then we go back away, and then we, you know, we keep making it. That's okay. how we tend to work. So your team, yeah, so you're experimenting with all of these kind yeah. of, you know, the, 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 the gestures and, like, the in-game presence and being able to just mess around with balls and yeah. all, and realizing how much fun all that stuff really was. Yeah, totally. And, and so how did you guys take that and then eventually kind of steer it towards something that became... There was, there was two things. Uh, one of the gameplay programmers, he did a sword. He did a laser sword. Okay. We, had, we used to have a flashlight. And then he turned it into a lightsaber or like a uh, the solar sword. <laughs> uh, uh, so so that all of a sudden became oh look at that I'm gonna <laughs> so obviously then we were, we were like drawing on walls and messing around. So that was pretty cool. And then someone had a bright idea to put a laser laser gun in it. And then once the laser gun was in it, we couldn't we couldn't go back. Yeah. Because originally it was kind of like you were opening doors and pushing buttons, and it was more like a simulation. Uh, and then when we put a gun in, people just was like, I want to fly faster and I want to start shooting things. Yeah. So we thought, you know, no, nothing, there wasn't really a, a fast paced shooter out there. Mm -hmm. um, so we really wanted to try it. We thought, you know, let's, everyone was asking for an Unreal Tournament or a Quake or a, uh, you know, like a Rainbow or like something yeah. like a, a proper shooter or a Halo, whatever sure. in VR, because there was just nothing. Yeah. So we thought, okay, let's, let's go for it. Uh, we know it's a, it's a challenging market. Uh, but we thought, you know, let's give it a try and see if we can give something pretty cool for them and, and give something fast-paced. Yeah, and, and in terms of uh, bringing that type of a, an experience to VR, mm -hmm. um, what were some of the unique things? I, I know you've mentioned some of them, like the gesturing and all of yeah. that, but what were some of the unique things that could only be done in VR that you felt like could be pulled into that genre that, that hadn't been done before? Yeah, I mean, obviously you have locomotion in VR. That's probably the biggest thing. A lot of games were doing teleport. Okay. Uh, teleportation and stuff like that in the early days. Yeah. Uh, because they were worried about uh, sort of motion sickness and things like that. Yeah. Uh, then a lot of people were doing room scale, so it was much more like in a small confined space. You'd walk to here, you'd walk to there, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, but um, we wanted to give like a comfortable experience uh, where you could still sit sit down if you wanted to, mm -hmm. and then you could really use sort of the guns like dual wielding mm -hmm. uh, as a, in a very natural, precise way. So mm -hmm. basically, in VR. Uh, you're not just like moving a reticle around a, a screen. You're actually, when you're aiming, it's you actually physically aiming. So yeah. it's quite intuitive, uh, yeah. naturally. Plus, you've got two hands, so now you can have two guns. So you can aim up vertically, up, down at the same time, or left and right. Uh, same, combining weapons changes everything as well, because then all of a sudden you've got a gun in one hand, a sword in another. Yeah. In VR, you've got that freedom. Or like, I mean, for me, when I'm when I'm in the game, I'm usually trying to protect myself. So like, uh, using the shield is yeah. actually a huge thing. Like that, you're not really able to do in the same fashion at all. Like in traditional games, you just Absolutely. don't have that fidelity of being able to move in any well, you location. Have that position. Yeah, I mean, like the, the big thing in a lot of shooters and stuff like that, you're on a horizontal plane. Mm -hmm. Here, you're in a spherical space. Yeah. So it can come from up, down, left, right, every angle, and that's that changes situa situational awareness for a player. Mm -hmm. Your lines of sight are completely different. Mm -hmm. It's same when you're like peeking around a corner uh, you know and again you're at you either have a contextual button or you move your stick yeah. here you literally just look around the corner or you look above a cover 
and that changes everything. That that situational awareness and that position of you and that six degrees of freedom really comes into his own. And, and, and I can imagine as a developer on, on a you know on a new platform like that, like a lot of these things, you're kind of just discovering as you're playing. Like you don't really sometimes I would imagine you're implementing things and you don't really realize the full impl- implications of what you're actually adding to the game until you get in there and experience it for yourself. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about um, um, some of the uh, kind of trial and error, play testing, all that kind of stuff um, with the game. Because I, I think that's really fascinating, a fascinating part of VR development in, in particular on how you can conceptualize something, but until you actually see it for yourself yeah. and get to play it for yourself, there's no way of really knowing what well, you're getting into. I mean, like on that, I mean, there's a, there's a couple things that sort of benefit the player that are, so our loading times on PC are like, like one to three seconds, give or take. Uh, so we've got very fast loading times. That was really important, not only for us, uh, because obviously if you're loading and you're in a headset, it's just a black screen or something. It's not in VR, it's kind of like, so you need to have quite fast loading times because the, the player is sort of in this different sort of headset. Yeah. So that benefits the player as well. Sure. Uh, but it was something we were, re- it was really important to us. For our level designers, for example, as well, is that if they have an object, uh, um, normally they would do it on a flat screen. They design a map or a max on a two D on a two D or a flat screen, and they design a map and whatever, and then they import it into VR. But the problem is, is that you don't on a on a flat screen, you don't have a sense of scale. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're in VR, if you're looking up at a giant building, that building looks massive. Yeah. If you're on a flat screen, you don't get that. Yeah. You don't get that same feeling. Yeah. Um, so for us, just having that spatial awareness. Uh, and working in VR with, uh, like in real time, was massively important. And for the level designers and the artists, it really gave them an insight in terms of covers, vertical covers, uh, sense of space, sense of scale, all those things. So it was a massive benefit. So we had to develop our own sort of VR editor uh, in order to help our production, which okay. is little things like that. Uh, spatialized audio was massive as well because you know uh, you have triggers when you when you hear it when you hear a sound. Mm-hmm. You naturally look at that sound, mm-hmm. uh, so we really use specialized audio to get to, so you know where your enemies are. So when you're flying around in a jetpack, if I hear you sort of zoom by on my right hand side, I know to look right. Yeah. So it's those little feedbacks and indicators that are massively important. That until you're doing it, you you don't know how important they are. But when you take them away now, then you you start to see it. And I think playtesting and us just working through those things just like a player will work through learning a new way of behaving in VR mm-hmm. is, is really interesting and that was probably one of the, the best things about working in VR is just that learning curve for us was we're learning in parallel to our players. Funniest sort of anecdote is when we did our closed sort of testing mm. uh, with players uh, because it's like they're in the room with you. They're like developers with you. And you know, you know, you, you see you have playtests and stuff like that, but when we were doing sort of live ones with guys in Australia or Korea or whatever, yeah. what what was amazing is that it was very personable. Uh, so they were waving at us, they knew we were devs because like we have our call sign or whatever. Yeah. And they're like coming up to say, Hey, I want to show you something, and they're like wave us over and then they point to things. <laughs> and it was very sort of like it was very natural and, and sort of physical interaction with yeah. these people, which which was just awesome. It's yeah. Like, We've never really done testing out because it's always just contextual buttons and, and uh, voice over IP. It was like, you know what I mean? So yeah. here it was like physical. People yeah. nodding, waving. No, I, I know uh, exactly what you're saying. And, and that was just phenomenal. And I think that that's helped us as well. I mean, the community being written, the VR community is really strong in helping. And mm-hmm. I think that that's one of be the, being the, the best success of the, of, of the game so far is working with them. 
No, that's amazing. I mean, in terms of uh, creating the, the the levels, level design, and all of that kind of thing, um, we spoke a little bit before about uh, some of the differences, um, some of the things you take for granted in traditional games, like being able to use UIs and, and maps and that yeah. sort of stuff. What are some of the things that um, you had to do um, developing this game and, and doing level design to uh, provide? users with the feedback they're used to that might not be so conventional or might uh, people might not realize right off the bat well like i said a lot of it's audio uh, audio is a bit is a big help because we don't have like a mini map so yeah. specialized audio is one uh, if you look at your jetpack trails okay uh, obviously you're flying around in spherical space so it's sometimes it can be hard to find someone mm-hmm. uh, so in terms of the maps that trail allows you to because it's think of that cat and mouse mm-hmm. uh you, you can lose someone very quickly in a, in a battle if there's no sort of uh, resonance of where he's been or, or, where, or the crab's been and one of the other players has been, so your enemies and stuff like that. Giving those extra sort of indicators, it's subtle, but it, it actually, once you know that they're there, they're very useful. Um, other feedback in terms, of, uh, in terms of maps and level design, it's really playing with verticality. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably their biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, what we found is working on uh, we have interior maps and exterior maps. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exterior maps, we have to be a bit careful because space is, uh, is huge. Mm-hmm. So scaling those to the right size where you're still having sort of contact with enemies and stuff like that was a really important uh, work that they had to go through. And making sure that you had, because what a lot of people would do is they go like go vertical. And then, but there's no covers. And then when you're trying to, remember normally on a horizontal plane, you're, it's a wall, it's a door, it's a this or a that. Yeah. Here it's like what's above you. Yeah. So for the level designers, it was like, whoa, what am I gonna put, what am I gonna put vertically upstairs in microgravity? So it's lots of little iterations like that that was probably the biggest challenge for level designers. Huh, and in terms of like, a, maybe talk a little bit about uh, balancing uh, the game. I know you guys have spent a lot of time uh, balancing it since it's going a multi, Player yeah. focus title and we'll I, always be balancing. Right for the last race, we'll be balancing that. <laughs> but, but yeah, what what have what have been some of the like maybe unique challenges challenges for balancing in VR? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what, uh, one of the ones we came across really early was sort of loading times. Um, so a lot of guns are based on an animation cycle or time of loading. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you get like a, a an MP5 in one game, you go click click click, and then it's loaded. Or if you get a saw or a, or heavy duty machine gun, the loading time is much longer because mm-hmm. it's a heavy. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a heavy machine gun, so it's like clank, you remove the thing, and mm-hmm. the animation does all that. Mm-hmm. In VR, it's one-to-one, you're reloading. So it's how fast can you reload? Yeah. And, and it's crazy, there's like, you know, some, some people, so we have a pump-action shotgun, yeah. so you, you load it yourself. Normally that would be an animation that we could play with. Yeah. So here, we can't do that, yeah. so it's so, very different. And it almost sounds like it, it, it adds another level of skill to the game that might not be there in a traditional game because Absolutely. everything is so analog in terms of exactly. what's being done. And, and you know, we saw like even loading times on this, we, looked, we thought, I can't remember the speeds off the top of my head, but uh, even the shotgun or the pump action, the bio pump, you, there's guys who can figure out how to load that thing so fast. It's <laughs> like, how have you done that? You know, like it's beyond what we can actually, even us developers do. So that helps us to try and fix it and make it better and more smooth for the player. So it's lots of little things like that that you'd never expect. And I've heard, I've heard uh, Space Junkies and Esports kind of both been kind of talked about a little bit. I, I didn't know how much you guys were focusing on, on, on making the title kind of more like, more competitive in terms of its focus or more casual in terms of bringing new players in like I, and 
maybe talk a little bit about that and kind of the balance of, of, of those two things? Yeah, I mean, we, we, there was a lot of casual stuff early on. Uh, and, you know, the casual stuff and mainstream stuff's great. Uh, you know, I, I worked on Just Dance, I worked on different games for the Wii and stuff like that, and which led us to this as well because there's motion controls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What we said very early on, though, is a lot of people were going for the mainstream. Now, uh, you know, it's it's still a, a gamer's console. You know, I mean, it's where people are looking for a gamer's game. So mm-hmm. we, we said early on that we wanted to make quite a hardcore title. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't want it to be... Uh, we want it to be accessible, but yeah. it's not necessarily, it's a shooter, you know what I mean? It, yeah. And it's, we want it to be competitive. Uh, so our focus is on that was, uh, you know, how do we make a competitive game? We know about esports. I mean, we don't pretend that we're going to be a, an esports game and, you know, League of Legends or you know, Rainbow yeah. Six tomorrow. It's, it's just a step. But it's also what are the tools that sort of people need in order to work within that potential environment. So viewership, so we've developed a caster mode for our esports events, which allows streamers to stream content and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got different modes that keep it competitive. We've got a, a head-to-head, which is like a dual mode. We've got like free-for-all. We've got 2v2 death, team death match. Uh, we've got uh, a king of the hill, where it's basically you just have to get a crown and hold it for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And we'll have more modes and more players that we'll add post-launch. Mm-hmm. So it's just about trying those things to keep it competitive and fresh for those kind of players. And, and if eSport takes off, we've, ru- we've run arcade tournaments already. It, you know, people love it. So mm-hmm. yeah, great. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys had thought at all about uh, what like possible steps could be taken in the future to kind of bring players back to the game. Because that's one thing that I've seen on a lot of you know, multiplayer VR titles is that you know, a game gets released and everybody's playing it for a while, but then eventually you know, people move on to the next title or this or that. Like, I, I, was, I was just kind of curious, because you guys have been in development of, for, of Space Junkies for a while now, yeah. um, if, you've, uh, if you have any plans in place to kind of find ways of bringing people back um, you know, over a longer period of time. Yeah, so I mean, we, we have all the, the classic stuff, the customizational stuff, so you can have different plugs, you can change your sort of character's look and feel, cosmetic things. Yeah. Same with weapon skins and all that, that you'll unlock by, uh, by doing things. So in other words, kill five people with a solar sword in, in one round or whatever. Yeah. Uh, plus different modes and all that kind of stuff. Plus, we want to. Uh, one of the big things that we do, we have quite an aggressive post-launch as well. So okay. we have new maps, new game modes, increased number of players and things like that and it's just trying to keep we'll, we'll have bots and all that kind of stuff so it's just constantly giving them something new to come back for um, yeah. I think that's been the, the, uh, the biggest challenge for VR titles and, and it's the biggest chart title for whether you're on console whatever is how do you constantly give new things to, to, to explore or see mm-hmm. and still maintain that core of what you made in the first place yeah. uh, that's entertaining enough for someone to play uh, so for us, we've, we've got that post-launch strategy. We've also been working on that the whole time. And we're quite a small team, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're not that big. So, mm-hmm. it's, so we've got to be smart of what we give to the player. And then we have to listen to the community. A lot of it's going to come from the community itself. Uh, a lot of the players were asking for an increased number of players, for example. So that's something that we started looking at really early. Uh, and that's, that's kind of how we go about it. It's just step-by-step. Step. VR is step-by-step. Step. <laughs> There's no easy way in VR. <laughs> no, and I mean, that's a good transition, actually. Um, that, when you guys started, there were you know limited number of platforms out there. Yeah. To some degree, there wasn't even a, one cohesive platform. Like you were saying, <laughs> kind of, you know, 
hodgepodging together different <laughs> input devices and whatnot. Yeah. Now, you know, there's the, there's the Oculus Rift, there's the HTC Vive, there's PlayStation VR, yeah. there's all these, you know, new headsets that are going to be coming out, um, you know, in the near future. Um, if maybe you could talk about um, what it's been like to kind of decide what platforms to target and what it's been like to bring the title to those various platforms. Yeah, I mean, for, for us, um, we know VR, it's an evolution. So we, we've always looked at it like that. We knew it was, I mean, it's been out, what, three years? I think the, the controllers have been out, the, the actual uh, ones have been out for, I think, what, three and a half years? Not even, mm-hmm. maybe the early prototypes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know it's a step-by-step. Everyone's sort of learning at the same time. Uh, across the platforms, what we said is, for us, it's all about cross-play. It's really important. Uh, for us, we, you play the way and on the platform you want to play. Uh, yeah. For us, it's always about that, about every game. Um, yeah. We can't, it's not up for us to decide what you want to play on. Um, so we started off, with, obviously, with Vive because of the wands and stuff like that and Oculus. Uh, so those two were obviously Core and Windows VR. Uh, mm-hmm. So they were the three platforms that we looked because we were sort of, we were quite a high-end PC. Mm-hmm. We, at first, we were really, technically, to turn at high speed and give comfort and all that kind of stuff, you need a lot of power. Mm-hmm. So that's why we developed an engine specifically to sort of handle those challenges. Um, we also saw that we had a lot of people asking for PlayStation VR because uh, mm-hmm. they wanted something fast and flighty as well, but we yeah. were like, you know, controls are different. Um, we've always, one of the advantages we've had is, one, we've always been uh, a seated experience if you want to be. We mm-hmm. always thought we want a comfort seated experience or you can do room scale if you want, no big deal. Um, but we also looked at the headset as an input so you look where you want to fly mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you, when, you're, when you're looking at something, you... You t- people always look at 360, mm-hmm. but how often do you walk down the street and look behind you? You don't. You, yeah. you look in that sort of, I guess, that 180 sort of field view and stuff like that. Yeah. So for us, it was really important that you use that head as an input, uh, allow us to go on all the different platforms quite easily, mm-hmm. uh, and and then adapt controls based on uh, the constraints of whatever that platform gave. So that was really how we chose which headset. Yeah, and, and I think that goes along the, the same lines of letting players choose kind of how they want to play, because, I mean, when I play the game, I don't really, once you get into the game, you don't really realize always which control method you're really using. Yeah. Like, uh, when I'm playing, sometimes I'm moving because, uh, using my gaze to kind of drift my, my, yeah. my, my motion. Other times, I'm, I'm, I'm using a rotation. I'm using a rotation. Yeah. Other times, I'm just moving the stick. Like, it's kind of just context-sensitive based on what I feel like doing and what the the situation requires Absolutely. me to do. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a really, like your game does a great job of, of giving you all of those different controls. And, that and, well, it's, and even on PC, you know, PC players naturally, they, they like to tweak everything. They like mm-hmm. to change settings on everything. Yeah. So uh, particularly on that, on that version, we put different types of rotations. You can change your, your helmet display. You can, you can modify a lot of things to play how you want to play. And I think that was one of the first things we did because it, yeah, they always ask uh, players Players were always asking, can I change this? And everyone has a different level of comfort in VR. Everyone's got a different way they like playing in VR. Mm-hmm. Everyone has different control setups that they played on different games. So, you know, it's it's kind of like you're re- we're reinventing how FPSs went through, you know, in the, in the old days, went from Doom to where we are today. You know, there's 20 odd years of evolution. We're kind of going back to the beginning and sort of going through the same steps that, that, that we did, we had to on sort of console shooters and PC shooters back in the day. No, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, you mentioned the engine a little bit in your last answer. Uh, I didn't know if you could talk a little bit more about the technical side of things, um, the the engine that the game's developed on, and you know some of uh, your hopes and plans for that engine in the future. Yeah, I mean Bridget. Bridget. The name. The name of the engine is Bridget. 
Um, it was done really mu very much to sort of allow us as a small team to adapt to the constraints of VR. Uh, so really fast loading times, being able to grab a phone, drop it in and see what it's like straight away, uh, a VR editor that allows the level designers to sort of build stuff and things like that. Plus uh, keeping a really high frame rate. Uh, one of the important things in VR is you've got to keep a very stable frame rate, otherwise that can lead to discomfort and stuff like that. So that's why Bridget sort of came, came to life. Plus being able to do cross-play, like different platforms and stuff like that. So we, we know that that's crucial to, uh, to keeping a group of people playing together because they do, you know, whether your friends are on by or or whatever, you know, he has to be able to, he wants to invite his other friend and play with them. So, they, you, you know, that, and our engine allows us to do that. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, I know the Space Junkies is coming out soon. Uh, 26th of March. 26th of March, and, and that's on... Uh, open beta and the open beta on the 21st. Okay, perfect. And, and what are the, the pl all the platforms? Uh, uh, Windows VR, HTC Vive, Oculus Rift, and PSVR. Okay, awesome. And uh, if people want to, uh, you know, uh, check in on how the game's going or kind of be in touch with, with you guys, what's the best way for them to do uh, that? You go to spacejunkiesgame.com, okay. and then you can either go in on the open beta... Uh, or just have a look on our Discord as well. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for giving me the chance to play it again today, and we look forward to the, to the release of the game, and hopefully we'll be talking with you guys again soon. And we've got uh, live integration as well if you, if, uh, for, for your streamers and for other fans and stuff like that. So. All right, awesome. Thank you so much. Cool.